You're listening to The Pete and Sebastian Show on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. This is The Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. Petey Biscuit, it's Jimmy from Boston. Petey. First you throw a supposed picture of me on social media. And by the way, everybody knows that ain't me and that I'm the one who took that picture. But then, you go and out me as some sort of gay snuffleupagus. I know I'm going to have some questions to answer after my wife hears that one. But holy shit, it's a good thing I don't have any real secrets. Because otherwise, you would sell me out for a glass of milk and a cookie. Although, for some reason, and with us having so much trouble breaking that top 200, I could probably leave my real name, my address, and my social security number on the next message and have less to worry about than anyone who dared go into a Home Depot with you, huh? Lord. Pete and Sebastian show, we're back. Lou, I, I don't know what route we're going to open the show music-wise, but we got to be patriotic. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing, of thee I sing today. Happy 4th of July. It's uh, going to be Saturday, I believe, this week. We are broadcasting here on a Monday, which is not typical for us. But Lou is going out of town. I don't know where he's going. I just got a text from Pete in the morning. We got to do this before Wednesday because Lou's got plans. Lou is mixing it up. I just found out he's going camping with his girlfriend, but not to see Pearl Jam. They're camping out and watching uh, a Dave Matthews weekend. So they go to some place where Dave Matthews is, apparently camp out and go watch him night in and night out. Is that a song? Dave it, Matthews song? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. I could. Oh, don't, don't know it. Bro, can you imagine? Can you imagine seeing Dave Matthews, and as you're watching the show, you're going, "Oh man, I gotta get in a fucking tent tonight." Okay, and then you're in the tent, and you're trying to go to bed, and you're like, "Oh, when I wake up tomorrow, I gotta go back to Dave Matthews." <laughs> oh, so that's God. new. That's why we had to go early, which I respect. Everyone's got their own plans. You're heading up to the mountains. Yeah, I'll be uh, leaving on Friday, uh, right after my mother's birthday. My mother's birthday is July 2nd. She's turning 70, and we're taking her out to dinner at her favorite restaurant in Los Angeles and doing a few things uh, that evening that are special to my mother. Happy birthday, Mrs. Rose. Happy birthday. That's it. Mrs. Rose is 70. So we're doing that, and then uh, Friday we depart for North Carolina. Going to spend six relaxing days up in the mountains. And then after that, uh, going to go play some Stress Factory. 
So uh, you're going to where for the fourth? Um, actually, I got to do a quick bit with you about the stress factor, right? Just play along with this. Yeah. Um, listen, we go way back now. I've been doing this. I I need two tickets, and really, kind of specifically, right up front for Saturday night. Can you set me aside too? Yeah, let me call Vinny. Who's it for? Okay, hold on a sec. I got to make a call. <clears throat> yeah, he's leaving me two. So put him up on eBay in five. <laughs> Sorry, I had to call my guy. My guy from England's on Skype right now. Apparently, Stress Factory tickets for you now are up to 450 They're being scalped for. That's the last I heard. So a fan keeps sending me the price as it goes up. I, I had to be rude. I had to text back going, I don't care. Well, I mean, <laughs> wait, who, who's who's uh, doing this? Oh, a dear friend of the show, a dear friend Brian uh, of the show, Brian M. We'll put it at that. And he's a big uh, fan of both of us. Yeah, and, I know, I know who you're talking about. And he came to a show one evening, and then we were talking about the you know your tickets to the Gotham and stuff. And, I, and he was saying how they're being scalped, and I was like, wow, holy shit, you know. And I really, obviously, was like, wow. So then I don't know if he took it as that I was like into it. Because then, you know, he texts me how much they're up to. And then last one, he's like, the stress factor is 450. I just have to shut the whole... I'm like, I don't care. All right? I got my own stuff I'm trying to do here. Yeah, apparently, big ticket prices for you. So you got to start doing some Pearl Jam shit, bro, and making sure people aren't right up the block in Newark scalping that shit. Well, no, listen, uh, I, I have to... Uh, I'm Thankfully, you brought this up. In regards to the scalping of the tickets, what's been happening is uh, these scalpers are buying large blocks of tickets because they know the tickets are selling. And then, uh, you know, when people go to buy it themselves, they might be sold out already. And now they're on the secondary and third third markets for 450 or whatever the hell you're talking about. And it's a little, it's concerning to me because, A, you know, I... I try and put the ticket price at a at an affordable rate for people to come out and, and see the show, and I don't really like that. You know, people are, you know, four fifty to go see the show. I mean, it's 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 a lot of money to <clears throat> drop. It's just it's the nature of the business. It's not something that I could control. Well, with all due uh, respect, how much would a Bacelli tickets going for up on the hill, the one a year show? The one a year show. What did <laughs> if we someone went online and went and tried to get some Bocelli tickets? <laughs> I think I think I have to go check, but I think it was over a thousand for two. Okay, so Bocelli tickets, and that's we're talking about a theater that you said he built for just to do one show in the yeah. mountain every year. Yeah, eight thousand people. All right, and look, it's, it's, Sebastian's going for almost half the price of a Bocelli ticket on a Thursday at the Stress Factory. Holy shit, though, things are popping. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can't do anything about it. You see, scalpers are are you know it, it's it's just a part of the way uh, the business works. So I apologize if if uh, you can't get tickets, but uh, yeah, uh, that's where we're at. We um, I don't know, I don't know. I got, I got a lot of things here on the list that I want to get into, and I don't even know where to start. Oh, yeah, take your time, man. I got a list, too. We're usually either unprepared or loaded. We're stacked. This is 4th of July weekend drive. Yeah, a lot of people stacked. are going to be in traffic. They need this show. All right. So I went to uh, a party over the weekend. Um, a comedian by the name of Ahmed Ahmed had a birthday party at a bar. And there was a lot of comedians there that I haven't seen in a while. 
And this is a testament to all comedians out there. Um, it's it's really a joy hanging out with comedians uh, due to the fact that they're so easy to talk with in regards to like making fun of each other and nobody getting their feelings hurt. There's a lot of thick skin. And, you know, say what you want about comedians. Yeah, they might have a... A lifestyle or, or maybe got problems uh, mentally or maybe they're drug addicts or whatever whatever you think about comedians being uh, just as, as people say what you want but to hang out with guys that are comedians for a night I, I, I hadn't had a time like that in, 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 in months and the more and more I go out with other people that aren't comedians I really see the the difference. No one could take a joke anymore. Am I? Am I off? Uh, not, not, not necessarily. I mean, you know, some can, some can. I hear you. I mean, I, I'm right. I just played in New York City all weekend at the cellar and everything. So I'm actually right there with you. I had a, such a great time seeing so many old friends and bullshitting and laughing and busting chops. But. You know, I got a couple friends, and you do too, that I can bust their chops just as much. So I can't yeah, say yeah, that no. so much. But I'm talking on a day-to-day or whatever. It's just that people need to learn to be a little bit less serious in conversations. I was talking to my buddy Francisco Ramos, who's a comedian, and he wasn't getting a story that I was telling, and it was a funny story, and his sister thought it was hysterical. But he like needed an explanation to the story, and in the middle of the story, I go, "Are you? Do you got a sense of humor, or is this? How is this not like affecting you?" Because he kept asking questions that were like I was being sarcastic, but he thought I was being serious. And I, I, if you did that to one of uh, like my family members and uh, whatever, not not necessarily in, in my immediate family, but. Maybe a, a cousin of mine, or maybe Lana's side of the family. Who Lana's side of the family? You start like joking around with them, and some of them look at you uh, like they, they they go into like a serious discussion. I go, guy, hey, I was joking. <laughs> All right, this ain't. The, we're not gonna get into a debate. They know you follow that. Like when I do that too, I'll do that. Like just like you did. Now I go, my God, I got here just in time. <laughs> Like this whole, and then and then sometimes they still don't laugh, and you're like, "What is going on?" Yeah, it's like, "Whoa, you're you're living on another universe, bro." I I I was talking to a guy who's an actor this week, man. Same thing you're saying. I was at the comic strip, and a friend of mine is an actor, and he not like famous, but he was in the last season of Californication. And long story short, I say to him something about meeting Duchovny. And he goes, well, you know, they already had this hit show, and I just came in, so it's as if, you know, it's like ever like when someone's doing double Dutch, and you go to jump in. I go double Dutch. What are you going to refer to dancing around in a fire hydrant while the water shoots out next? And he doesn't even laugh. And I go, oh my gosh, that's what it's like hanging out with actors two in a row. You don't get either one of those. Holy shit. <laughs> And then he's like, I'm just saying, dude, you never did double dutch? And I'm like, are oh, you defending uh, double dutch? You're missing the whole fucking point, man. So I know what you're saying. It gets frustrating. You're out with a meta med. You do a joke. A meta med laughs right back at you. It's all smooth. 
Yeah, I mean, I came out and I had a, a hanger, uh, hanger, uh, as my buddy Johnny Sanchez calls them, hanger nipples on your on your shirt, where the shirt's been hanging on a hanger, and on your shoulders you got that like indentation of the hanger. Yeah. And I knew, I told Lana this when I came out, I go, I got these things on my shoulders bothering the hell out of me. First thing out of Johnny Sanchez's mouth is like, what's with the hanger nipples on the shirt? You couldn't find a better shirt than I? And, and right away, I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor dying laughing. Now, I just, it's, just, it's just funny. I mean, you can't get away with a lot of the stuff that we say to say someone who maybe... I don't know. Has no like no thick skin. I mean, there's the, the, there's no thick skin anymore. Uh, I do. I'm right there with you, bro. I walk. I, I walked into a comedy cell tonight, and we're all last night Saturday night. We're all bullshit. And, and Jim Norton looks great, man. He lost weight since I last seen him and stuff. And he's like, Pete, what's up? How's how's Jackie? How you like being a father? I'm like, yeah, everything's good. And then he asks another question. I and I I immediately go, I'm sorry. I'm like. Can't even concentrate. Do you have a better body than me right now? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Esty goes, "No, no, not better than you, not better." And I go, "Esty, whoa, whoa, I'm not really being serious." Compared, but the point was, like, Norton was like in shape, man. Yeah, Shit. I saw a video of him the other day on Instagram. I go, "This guy looks like he's glowing." Yeah, I mean, a li- I mean, I remember him when he was just like a little. He would just chain smoke butts. In the corner, all like, you know, saggy pants. And then he quit the cigarettes and he got healthy and he lost some weight. But now, you know, now he could give exercise tips. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm glad. So what else, man? What, you got any more of these no, hang stories? And, 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 and kind of paralleling that, Lana and I yesterday, we had a great day. A lot of people don't walk in Los Angeles, but Lana and I, on Sunday, we try and do like a little walk through Los Angeles, stop off at a restaurant, have some oysters, maybe a glass of wine, pop over to another restaurant, do the same thing. It's almost like a bar crawl. Popped into a little oyster bar, had a half a dozen oysters, I got a nice little Pinot Grigio, had a Greek salad, paid the bill there. We took a walk over to the Samsung store, which is over on Fairfax in Los Angeles. We did that virtual reality where you put those glasses on oh really dude what's that like and what did you do oh my god well you have to sign a waiver because uh, you could get like motion sickness and vomit oh my god i should make fans have to sign a waiver before my show (laughs) they'll think how good is this guy you might puke from laughter Sign a waiver right here. Oh, that's a- <laughs> now, when you're signing that, are you like, oh, God, how bouncy is this shit? Yeah, all, uh, none of this is going to happen to me, right? No, when I first signed, uh, heard I had to sign a waiver, I told Lon I ain't doing this shit. Oh, come on. Why, you really thought that would happen? What, what did they say might happen again? Sickness? Dizziness, sickness, vomiting, uh, motion uh, impairment. And I'm very, very sensitive to stuff like that. The boats or whatever me it too. might be. Boats? I, I got to... Huge problem. Swing, Huge problem. swing too. If I go, even if I go on a regular, oh yeah, I, I I can't sit on one and swing just a couple of inches, and I start to get a headache. What? Listen, is that something to do with age? Because when I was a kid, I used to love going up and back on the swing and then jumping off. Me too. I got on a swing. This had to be about ten years ago, and I I literally thought that my brain was out of alignment because I did one swing. I go, something's wrong with the brain. 
<laughs> yeah. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm the same way, man. I go on and I get really sick right away. And I, I literally can get sick if I watch somebody swing a little too long. <laughs> you know what? Based on you talking to me and this, I think it might be an Italian thing. You think so? Yeah, like it's like Italians are so cool. Our bodies are telling us, what are you doing swinging around like a kid? <laughs> you know? Something's wrong with the brain. Take a walk! Yeah, yeah. So I was worried to do it right off the bat. But then Lana's like sitting down, she's putting the thing on. I go, what am I doing? Let me let me get involved. Give me the damn paper. So I sign it. We sit down. You put this thing on. And uh, for those of you who haven't done it, it's a Samsung. Samsung makes it. It's a it's a basically a contraption you put on your your head, and you watch uh, like a three dimensional video. The one that they were showing us was of a dinosaur. The dinosaur's getting up. And the dinosaur's head comes right, right, literally you look like you are there. And you turn to your left, you see stuff on your left. You turn to your right, you see on your right. You turn 360 degrees, you can see everything around you. Oh so my. it's a total experience that puts you in the environment. And you could watch movies, apparently, that are made in 3D on this contraption. Oh my God. It's... That you gotta try. Amazing! It. it sounds like, it sounds like you could be exhausted afterwards. Yeah, I, I was a little. Uh, Lana and I were very um, off after we did it. We were kind of dizzy and felt like our equilibrium was a little off, out of whack. But uh, other than that, we went there and then uh, we ended at this place called uh, Toca Mad. I think it's Toca Madre, a new restaurant up around Third. Had some, uh, we wanted to re re reincarnate Mexico again, so we had a little chips and salsa and some uh, steak. And then we took it home, and uh, on the way home, we played this game. Now, I don't know if you and uh, I, I could see you and Jackie doing this, but every once in a while, you know, to make it fun and interesting, Lana and I will goof around. We're constantly goofing around, but I go to her, okay, I got a game. I go, uh, Give me three things that I say or do that bothers the hell out of you. Right? Mm -hmm. And she's telling me, oh, I, you know, I don't like when you say you're going to Black Dog Coffee for breakfast. She goes, just the word Black Dog Coffee, it bothers me <laughs> and I'm dying laughing so we're going back and forth with shit that bothers us about it but we're saying it and we're laughing about it rather than you know I don't know I it, can couples do this or am I just like fascinated with my own relationship you got a great relationship if one of the top three most annoying things about you is that you say black dog coffee yeah, but that's like a silly one. But there was another one like, uh, 
I go, I don't like when you say, oh, come here, I got to show you a video of dot, dot, dot. It could be anything from a YouTube video to a stupid video she saw on Instagram. You know, I go, I can't stand when you show me videos. I mean, I don't know. Is that, that's, that's fluff. I mean, fluff, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? Like, I'd be saying, like, if I was really doing that with Jackie, I'd be like, uh, I don't like the fact that whenever I have a way to do something, if your dad suggests another way, you always take daddy's way. Always take your dad over your husband. That bothers me. I mean, you're coming in with, oh, I don't like the videos you show me on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Were you guys skipping home while you were playing this game? I don't know. What, what about. I mean, I mean, I know a couple of things, like uh, you know, um, like if you said that to Jackie, would she go, "That's funny," or would she go, "What are you talking about?" Uh, oh no, she knows that. But I mean, I wouldn't. But we wouldn't even play that game because that's something she knows. I say that about her, but it would be like you know, she she, it would be a fight. We wouldn't talk about. Why don't you tell Alana about the like? Oh. That did come. That did come up. I just couldn't That's, say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it did come up. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. That's all in it. But we're laughing because Sebastian really did say some meaty stuff, but he can't repeat it on air. All right. Yeah, that's true. All right. Good. How was that? That still let, let it light. That kept it light. Like everyone still had a good time after that one was thrown. Oh out. yeah. No, absolutely. That's absolutely. good. That's good. But you're showing you have an honest relationship and that's that's the most important thing that should be seen here by or heard by the people listening is just the more honest you are look everyone's got little white lies i'm just saying you know be faithful be loyal do the right thing and you got a problem let the other person know yeah go for round about it don't be so damn serious so yeah we had a blast yesterday and uh we met a new couple during uh during the week and the couple that we met uh, was through a friend of ours, and we ended up talking, and he grew up in Beverly Hills, right? Went to high school, grade school, went to private private high school here in Beverly Hills called Westlake, which is one of the best schools in the country to go to. Oh, you think you're fancy? Oh! Yeah, he knows. He, he went to school with a lot of celebrities' kids. Yeah. He said, I went to a lot of bar mitzvahs. I said, you know, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up in the northwest suburbs of Illinois. There was no, we didn't go to school with anybody that was famous. Like, oh, going to school like that. Did you have like a story that's something that's kind of particular to the school? He goes, I went to a lot of bar mitzvahs. And one of the bar mitzvahs that I went to, the guy who threw the bar mitzvah for his kid had so much money. He had got all the major sports figures from tennis to football to basketball, all like the number one picks. Let's say if it was LeBron James that year, LeBron James would be there. Let's yeah. say if it was Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning would be <clears> there. <throat> and he got all of them to come to the frickin' bar mitzvah to sign autographs for the kids. And I was thinking that I had a birthday party in my garage where, where, where we had pinned the tail on the donkey and a water balloon fights and everybody had a blast, right? Yeah. And now these kids are, where do you go from there? You just turned 13 and LeBron James is at your party? 
Unbelievable. What the shit? I love There's that. nothing to look forward to. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Pin the tail on the donkey, though. What a game. What a game, I used man. to love that. I'd watch the other kids and be like, look at, well, he's on the face. He's plugging the face. He's not even near the ass. <laughs> oh, oh, that was a good one. Man. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, it's like, that's cool, but... It's, I mean, is it's that sometimes cool. more for the parents of the kids than anything else? I don't else? know. It's, yeah, they're showing off. They're showing off because uh, the next person that has the bar mitzvah, now they got to get like the president to come to sign autographs. It's like a one-upmanship thing. But getting back to the pin the tail on a donkey, you ever see the kid that does the pin the tail on a donkey and he spins, they spin around three times and they start going like near the fence? They're not even near the donkey. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you got to wonder, like, where that kid's equilibrium is. I go, three times and you're going towards the garage? Uh, that's, yeah, I know. That's a good point, man. You can't even feel it out a little? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you don't know where you're at? Oh, man. So... Yeah, so we got this couple's number. Great couple. Uh, just good yin and yang. And uh, we're meeting people, man. I almost, you know, for the cast, I almost had a big time guest Friday night. Didn't really have them. But what ended up happening, I was at the Comedy Cellar, and I ended up sitting pretty much alone for like, I don't know, man, 40, 45 minutes with Ray Romano, because he was playing too, and we kind of had met once before, and we are both just sitting at the table, and uh, I was thinking about secretly recording the chat. (laughs) 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 It's the only way we're going to get a get. I got to bug my conversation with Ray Romano. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm like, so let me ask you, Ray. uh... (laughs) Yeah, I did say, though, it was funny because uh, I was telling him the story about how I played softball with him once for Gotham Comedy Club with Chris Mazzilli. And I go, I was real young. Well, not real young. I was just starting out in stand-up. And I go, and I, he was good. He was, you know, Ray was a great comedian already. And I go, and I remember your wife was there with your two little babies at the time. They were twins. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I go, um... And then the next game, you weren't there, and you were never there again. I remember I was just dating my wife now, but just dating her, and I would go back to the apartment. I'd be like, that guy, Ray, he's not even, he hasn't been at the last two games. That's what I'm saying, Jack. Guy's probably in Milwaukee on a Tuesday just to make 500 bucks. That's my biggest fear is you know, being that age and having to be gone just because you need the money. And I go, and I was like, genuinely, it's like you were one of those guys to me where I was like, it was scary to think you could be that funny and still, like, not make it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because we played on, like, Tuesday night. So there's no reason to be on the road on a Tuesday. Yeah. I go, and then about, I don't know, man, maybe it was, like, four or five weeks or a month, two months, three months later. And I used to ride my bicycle a lot around New York City. And I go, and it's summertime, and I'm behind the bus. And I remember it being really hot. And I look up, and there's your face. And he starts laughing. I go, on the whole back of the bus coming to CBS, and I go, and I remember thinking, oh, thank God, okay, all right, he's all right, he's all right. I go, now I just got to focus on Mark Marin and Nick DiPaolo, how did those two slip through the fucking crap? And then now Marin's got the president, and now, you know, yeah. DePaulo's pretty well known, but DePaulo to me should be a household name. 
I know he's so good. I know. He did a joke. Somebody posted up online uh, the other day about uh, my wife. I don't know if you ever heard this joke. I've never heard this joke from him. But he goes, "Yeah, my my wife got a little upset at me. Uh, I, I told her uh, to to bleach your asshole, and uh, she threw a cup of Clorox in my face." <laughs> You don't get it? I don't get it. Oh! Yeah, that's a, kind of a rim shot. We got in a doozy. <laughs> it's the best fight we had in a long time, like a month ago. I told her I thought she should bleach her asshole. <laughs> she agreed and threw a cup of Clorox in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fuck you too. Uh, that gets a round of applause every night. I don't appreciate. It's the cleverness of the joke. I know why you're plotting. You know? I like. I, I see him went to the cell and he rubs his neck. Yeah, I'm sorry, folks. I pulled a muscle in my neck, giving my wife the finger behind the back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is. I'm still blown away by that whole president thing. Wow, it's yeah. something else. So, oh, so um, when I was talking to Ray though afterwards, I went downstairs, and I was. Well, well, let me let me let me uh, rewind here. When you talk to Ray Romano, yeah, and you tell a story like that, and he laughs. Is there any? Um, is he talking? Oh yeah, because like, as soon as I said that, he goes. Oh wow, that you know, well, I'm not even trying to imitate him. He's like, oh, that's that's interesting. It's almost as if, uh, you know, I was the guy, you know, that he, how do you put it? He goes, it's interesting. It was like I, I was the guy that made you want to quit, and then the guy that inspired you afterwards all at once. I go, exactly, man, exactly, you know. And then he starts saying, how, well, you know, it's also. He's talking about the luck involved too, and then he's like, like you know, Rob Manfrotti, and I'm like, I know of him, and he's like, he's always done better than me when we performed. And, uh, and then he said, oh, because uh, oh, I had just gotten off, too. And Ray goes, how's the crowd? And I go, what does it matter for you? And he goes, well, you know, you just always want. I go, I know you always want to know. I go, but no matter how they are for anything going on right now, I go, they're going to be totally different <laughs> the minute that they hear that you're going on the stage. It's not going to be whatever it is. It's not going to be that anymore. It's going to be Ray Romano's here. And he's laughing. And he goes, well, you know. Uh, th that's when he brought up Manfalati and stuff and, and how he always had done better and his luck involved and stuff. And I go, but yeah, but now it's like... And he goes, so I always worry no matter what about what I'm doing. And I said, but like, this, I go, isn't it interesting? Like, when you do a 10-minute spot like this, it's different if you're headlining. People buy tickets to see you and they go into a casino or somewhere and they know Ray's going to be there and they're very excited. But like, they're only going to see you for 10 minutes in this really intimate environment. I'm like, the only way whatever you try to work out in this kind of situation would, like, have any sort of be pure, and you could see if it's really good. I goes, if you put a bag over your head. <laughs> and he goes, well, maybe for the first couple minutes, but then, you know, you can't deny comedy. I'm like, I disagree. For 10 minutes, I'd be up there. I'd be in the front row. You know, it'd be like if Mick Jagger was singing in front of me the greatest Stones tune. All I'd be doing is... Oh, wow, look at it. His hair's a little blonder than I thought. He's taller than I thought. Look at that. Oh, what's that on his belt buckle? Oh, what yeah. kind of shirt does he wear? You know, it's like, it's just so, you're, I, it's legendary status. 
Yeah. And then we all just started, like, you know, kind of debating that me, him, and SD and stuff. But just a regular guy. What was he doing there? I was going to do a spot. Yeah, I mean, is he is he in New York for something, or was he? does he live there? Uh, No, I think, I'm sure he lives in L.A., but, you know, he's in New York for business and stuff. But that's, like, his home club, and, you know, he it's, like, not uncommon. Like, when I walked in, Esty's like, Gray's upstairs, you know? It's, like, he's just very cool. He's always... When he's in town, he comes like when he did when he does the or at least once when he did Saturday Night Live at the end when you come out and you say goodnight, he mm-hmm. he was wearing a comedy cell a t shirt, and um, yeah, it's his home club. So, but and we were just it was after <clears throat> between shows and he was eating chicken wings and just hanging out. Just a really nice guy. At one point, I go, um, I go, yeah, dude. You know, it's like I gotta tell you another story about you. The, the difference between some guys. I go when I was breaking in through here and I had I used to MC. I go, I go, and you don't have to comment on this. I don't want to put you on the spot. You know, and I'm, he's finding me amusing. I'm a very honest person. Mm-hmm. And I go, uh, you don't have to comment on this. I don't want to put you on the spot. I go, I bring up Seinfeld once, like right after he's finished doing the sitcom. And I go, a man who needs no introduction. And I go, you know, I'm nervous. I'm young. I go in the corner to sit down and now watch Jerry. I go, what does he do for the first two minutes? He makes fun of me like, I don't need an introduction. I guess I don't. You don't even need to know who I am. I'm not, you know, and I'm in the back like, all right, guy, can you just get on with it? I know I was trying to be like, making, you know, be respectful. Yeah, yeah. I go, and then I brought you up the first time after your sitcom and I got to meet you. And I go, and you wouldn't remember this, but I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Romano. I go, bro, you cupped the mic with your hand and you whispered in my ear, don't leave the room. It's been a while. I'm like, who says that? <laughs> I go, how humble is that? Don't leave the room, it's been a while. For anyone who might not understand, that's a comic's way of saying, I could bomb right now, so don't leave the room. I may get off at any moment. <laughs> yeah, and he laughed at that. <laughs> oh, God. So, so, what the hell were you doing over there? Just sets? Yeah, man, I just wanted to get back to town. Uh, you know, want to start getting a new hour together and... Going up for a couple different things while I was there, but yeah, I just had tons of spots. Like, where'd you where'd you go? Uh, well, this comedy cellar has the comedy cellar, and then a place next door called the Village Underground. So the and, yeah. and um, so they're right next to each other. So I did like seven spots between the both of them each night. Seven one like you know, well like like three at the cellar, then two at the Village Underground one night on Friday, and then. Same thing Saturday, and then I'd go up to the comic strip and did a couple spots, and went over to the stand and did a couple spots, and uh, stand, yeah, and just buy, yeah, just playing like crazy, man. It was fun seeing a lot of people. Who else did you see? I uh, hung out with Norton. Uh, saw Lynn Coplitz was going on uh, before or after me on quite a few shows, and uh, she's. She was ripping it, man. I really always found her funny, and she is really on top of her game. So she was fun to watch. Dan Natterman, I saw him again. He's always hilarious. So with Ray, after uh, chatting with him and stuff, I was downstairs, and Keith Robinson's emceeing. And I go to Keith. I go, ah, you know, man, I should have. You think it would have been, I could have asked Ray for a photo. Uh, because as I'm, as I'm getting older, Sebastian, like even with Norton, right away I'm like, let's photo it up, you know? I... You know, I want to have. I want to remember these guys, especially now that I have a daughter. I feel like I want to get photos with these guys that I know on my wall, so when she's older, she could see. Yeah. And I said to Keith, 
Uh, I go, so what do you think, man? Could I have asked Ray? And he's like, hell yeah, what do you think? It's Ray, of course, man. You would take a photo. I go, I don't want to buy. He goes, dude, of course he would. I mean, what are you even asking? And I go, all right, well, what if it was Seinfeld? And he goes, no, 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 no. You don't want it was Seinfeld. So I go, well, that's what I'm saying, man. Why is it weird to ask you if it would be okay with Ray when we all know it wouldn't be with Jerry? And then he goes, well, Jerry, it might be okay now. He's softening it up. He's softening up. And I go, is he really good? <laughs> yeah, as he gets a little older, I think he's just softening up and being a little more outgoing with all the comics. But I say, all right, well, I'm still not asking to do a photo with him. I'll tell you that much. So did you get the thing with Ray? No, because I knew he was going to be gone by the time I got back off stage. But, like, even when I was out in L.A. at the Comedy Magic Place, I met Paul Reiser. I'm such an asshole for not getting a photo with him. Yeah, just go. Hey, I need a photo with you. I mean, it's, come on. I know. So, speaking of which, it's late at night. It's got to be, like, 1130, and I'm walking downtown through the village on my way to grab a cab uptown. And it's uh, really busy and, you know, people everywhere. And I'm walking down the street. And who's coming the other way? I think it was maybe ice cream in her hand or maybe it was a frozen yogurt or something. But it's not important. It wasn't like, look at this slob. I always found this woman to be very appealing anyway. But coming the other way, clearly on her way back up to her apartment with a little late night treat was Janine Garofalo. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, and we kind of made eye contact. And I think, like, that I know for a fact because I don't really know her anyway, is an example where you wouldn't have said hi either. Oh, I, I don't know her. Yeah, right? Like, just because... I, I don't know her either, but, like, if being a fan, if you saw her, would you be like, hey, Janine, I'm a comedian. I just want to say... Nah. No way, right? She's got her ice cream. She's like, I, I got the movie on pause. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no way. And then I go uptown to do a late-night spot at the Strip, and I get to talking to this guy... Uh, this young girl comic, and one thing leads to another, and, and I'm telling him a story about having this Jimmy Walker album growing up, Dynamite. It was the first comedy album I had. And this dude goes, dude, Jimmy Walker's like my mentor. We're like really, really tight. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, man, I opened for Jimmy Walker, and I go, oh, wow, that's something else, man. He goes, I'm fucking, I'm getting him on the phone right now. So I, before I could say anything, he's dialing Jimmy Walker. Oh, no. You know, and there's always this like, oh, man, it's... I, I'm a fan of Jimmy Walker. I really am, but it's just kind of weird. And then, um, no, it was even weirder. Jimmy Walker picked up. <laughs> and he's like, hey, what's going on, man? The guy goes, Jimmy, I'm here with a comedian. His name is Pete Corielli. You probably don't know him, but you do know him. You know, the kid's been drinking and stuff. And I'm like yelling. I'm going into the phone. Hey, Jimmy, how are you, man? Big fan. Uh, I had Dynamite, it was the first album. He's like, come on, man, really? And then his friend's Dustin, he's going, Dustin, is this guy serious? Come on, come on. And I go, come on, what are you, you're Jimmy Walker, bro. What do you mean, you're surprised at that? And then I go, I go, Dustin, is he serious? And Dustin's an actor, so that's important, because I go, Dustin, is he serious? I go, is that your limousine taking up 34th Street, 35th Street, and 36th Street? And Jimmy Walker goes, ah, no, that would be Dustin's limo, not my limo. And I go, bro, you don't even know what I'm doing, do you? And he's like, what? And I go, that's a line you said as Jimmy Walker. There was a white guy in the apartment. You came walking in and you said to the white guy, is that your limo? And he goes, oh, man, you're quoting lines from good times. (laughs) And I go, yeah, bro. 
I don't know your schedule, but if I'm ever in New York when you are, I would love to break bread and have a meal with you one night and just shoot the shit. And he's like, a meal, goddamn, that'd be great, man. Like, you know, who says a meal? I didn't even say I want to meet you. I want to break bread with you. Besides, even if I'm treating, how much does Jimmy Walker eat, right? The guy's like 200 pounds soaking wet. So anyway, uh, and that's kind of how that played out. But the reason I'm bringing it up to you is, what kind of business are we in when a guy could be that high up on the pedestal? Kind of groundbreaking in so many ways for so many comedians. And then I call and I'm like excited to talk to him and he can't believe a comedian is excited to talk to him. How come we don't remain legendary? It's unbelievable how the, the stars fade away and it's like... Well, do you think he was generally, genuinely... Saying, wow, you really love my stuff? Absolutely, 100%. I had to end the conversation. Oh, wow. Yeah. He wouldn't let you get off the phone. This guy, his phone hasn't rung in probably three and a half years. <laughs> well, not with a call of someone <laughs> saying you were a heavy influence when I was yeah. growing up. I, I, Dude, this is how pathetic I am, though. I'll admit this, and because these are our true listeners and stuff, and we're a very tight crew here. Towards the end of it, I go... Yeah, man, I really, I'm, I'm not lying to you, man. I even remember how long the album was. I remember the cover with you. And I go, bro, listen, for what it's worth, I got an hour special coming out on Showtime in like November, I think it is, just to let you know I'm not some hack blowing my horn saying I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And when you see it on Showtime, you'll remember, oh, that's the guy. So that's all I'm saying. Take care, Jimmy. And I walked away. And I turned to the other guy. I go, oh, my God, do you believe I just told Jimmy Walker I got a fucking Showtime special coming <laughs> I just wanted to know I'm not an open micer, half drunk on Heineken, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Is he still doing comedy, this guy? Yes. Yes, he is. But, you know, I think it's like, you know, it's not like a theaters or anything like that, you know? I don't think, I think it's kind of sad shows, you know? Sort of like Mickey Rock wrestling matches in The Wrestler. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I was playing in a, in, a, in a place and he was playing nearby in the same city, I'd go see Jimmy Walker just to see what's going on. Well, you got to take him out for his, his meal. That's true. That's true. I owed a guy a meal. I'll say, I'll pay, but after you finish that meal, you have to pat your lips, put the napkin down, look at me and say, Dynamite! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how that saying came about? Was that something that was written for him or did... What was that? I don't know, but I did hear a little piece of trivia that the guy who played his father on Good Times was uh, eventually fired because he had so many um, creative differences with what they were writing. And one of his big ones was that he felt having J.J. say Dynamite once every show, which kind of became the trademark of the show, was cheapening the show. It's a show about black people with no money trying to still have a fun time and live their lives and get joy out of life and then you're cheapening it with this dynamite and the writers mm. were like no we're getting ratings with the dynamite well I just pulled it up he says when it came up to our director John Rich loved it but our executive producer Norman Lear and Norman Lear is one of these guys who really likes to do a story cares about the whole thing the characters Norman Lear detested it he hated it it literally made him throw up Walker also put an uh, Walker said the phrase is associated with him as let's get ready to rumble. 
I never really did it in my act, but now I've incorporated a very nice, tasty way into the act, and it works great. So it doesn't tell you how that came about, though. I but can't... Norman Lear was never a fan of it. Well, I'll tell you right now, man. As long as this word isn't offensive, there's not a word in the world I wouldn't say every show if it was going to make me millions. Oh, God. Oh, right? Anything. What think right now? What could I say? You know? Fish eggs, baby. Fish eggs. <laughs> Whenever Corielli says fish eggs, the place goes crazy. That's my saying for when things all fucked up. You just go, fish eggs. Yeah, that ain't going to work. No, it's not going to work. So. <laughs> Good time. My experience in New York City. Nice. I saw a lot though at that city, man. It's going, uh, it's go. I mean, you can smell pot on every corner. Then mm-hmm. I was rounding a bend to go back over to get my car on 20th Street on the west side, and there's a lot of young kids now, like uh, druggies, laying on cardboard boxes, like a lot of, like what you'd see in San Fran, the younger kids. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of that, and there were two of them, and they were filthy, filthy. And she was, like, um, straddling on top of him, and they had a blanket over them. And I'm walking past, and you know, it was late at night, and they were all sleeping and stuff. And then I noticed rocking, and as I walked past, I noticed they're doing it under that oh, blanket with on. all those clothes on, right on the street with just, you know, people laying next to them, garbage cans. They're just total dirt, homelessness. God. And, they, and I'm like, they're doing it. It's, oh, my God. It's like. God. It's, I'm telling you, man, no rules. Do whatever you want. Feels good, do it. Do I, and what? No police? No nothing? Oh, that no, of course. I mean, if de Blasio walked by, he'd probably just be like, true love, baby, true love. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it without air conditioning. I know. Oh, it was just, it was so it's horrifying, man. It's like, uh, of course, though, then every other corner, I'm looking at these just gorgeous restaurants, man. And the, I mean, the city's like, it's a tale of two cities. Holy shit. What am I saying, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you watching any program? I try to get into this true detective. Never watched it, but I know of it. It's supposed to be great, right? Well, yeah, I watched the first one. Now I'm trying to get into the second one. And I was also trying to watch this Game of Thrones. And Lana and I, we've come to the fact that I think we might be dumb. (laughs) We can't follow anything. Yeah. Are you having a hard time, like, processing a lot of programming that might be what too intelligent i mean i either i can't hear or i don't i can't put the plot together yeah no that happens sometimes man some shows that everyone else there was one recently that we were both like what oh oh that the the bates motel i didn't even hear about that oh it's been out for a while now but we tried to do that one on netflix and it's just a little too much going on same thing with you i'm like what this is like too much yeah, too much going so on. So Game of Thrones, what you couldn't follow it? It was boring? I just, I don't know that it was boring. It was just like, I don't know if it was the accents that I couldn't understand what was going on. I, I, like I said, I don't know if I'm getting slower. Is this almost like uh, getting on a swing and getting dizzy? 
uh, where you you know get older, you get into your forties, and you can't process information, right? I, you know, I don't know, but I'm like everything I watch, I just don't like anything lately. As I get older, I mean, I'm even watching Fury with Brad Pitt, and I'm like, it's, it's all right, the tanks, whatever. Yeah, but that stuff I could understand. Like Fury, I watched that. I knew what was going on. The guys were in the tank. They're fighting a war. People are getting their heads blown off. I get that. You put any type of plot in front of me, I'm like, rewind it. I don't even know what the hell the guy said. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. We ended up watching uh, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday. Have you ever seen that? No, what's that? Yeah, it's, it's like uh, she interviews. Uh, it's like her show, but it's different, interviewing people. And then she had this preacher on TD Banks, and I was half asleep, but I'm sorry. I totally got into this show. This guy was like a motivational speaker. This TD Banks and Deepak Chopra, you know him? This Indian guy? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, he got up on stage, and he started talking. I'm like, give me a notepad. Let me write out my goals. Yeah, Deepak's been uh, doing that for a while. He was big over at Sirius when we were there. And I told you I took LSD when I was 17. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you ever done that? Like, I mean, I've just seen the Tony Robbins commercials, and I'm like, God, I wonder if I got that shit, if I'd be flying helicopters in three months. Yeah, like, I was watching the stuff going, should I start buying, like, a chalkboard and writing down goals? Do you do this? No, I mean, I know what I want to accomplish, but I don't write them down. Yeah, if you write them down, you look at them every day, right? Does that happen? I mean, I hear a lot about this. Oh, write out what you want to happen in your life, and you'll see it come true. Is that how... It seems too easy. What? what? You're going to tell me, I'm going to take a piece of paper right now and go, I want my own TV show, and I'm going to look at that every day, and that's going to happen? Doesn't it sound too easy? Of course, but the idea is it's going to motivate you because you're going to look at that and realize that's what you want. Like, you need to write it down to know that's what you want. Yeah, I, I, I know what I want. It's in my head. <laughs> exactly. And and then what, by the way, too, you write down all this stuff. I want to have a TV show. And then you get a call from Jack Nicholson who wants you to play his cousin in Jack's final movie. And guess what? There's going to be no TV show this year. But that's not a problem because something bigger came along. <laughs> so what's the point of the dumb goal list? Oh. oh, well, they'll tell you that just so you, just because you wrote down the goal about the TV show, the Jack Nicholson thing came out of that. I don't know, yeah. man. I don't. The only thing I'm writing down now is like, what I gotta get at the grocery store. <laughs> right? I mean, I got a huge Home Depot list going right now. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you're doing that movie with Jack and he starts yelling because you're not doing a line right. You're like, guy, this movie wasn't even my goal, all right? This is a throwaway for me. <laughs> it's not even on my list. Speaking of lists. <laughs> it's not even on my list. <laughs> I can't remember things I used to remember, though. I remember I used to have a lot of different things in my head at once. Where I got to go here, I got to do this, I got to make this phone call, I got to pick up that. It was all in my head. Now, I got I like fleeting thoughts where I got to start bringing like a notepad now. Do you write down like a to-do list? I do. I definitely do. Like constantly like on a, on a piece of paper and stuff. But like sometimes my to-do list 
in my head, it'll feel like I, I got to get to my to-do list. And then there's other times where I have a to-do list. I'm not looking at it, but I'm like, I, I don't remember what's on it, but I remember not any of it being really that important. <laughs> so like like things are on my to-do list and a lot of times they never get checked off because they were done they just fade away like you ever do like, you, you just decide well you know what stop even putting that on there because you know you're never doing that <laughs> so there's a lot of that going on but but yes you do have to as we get older uh, write it down as soon as you think of it yeah like I'm looking I just did a to-do list for Monday I bought like a new piece of like um it's like a pad of paper. Yeah. And after watching this Chopra last night and T.D. Banks screaming at me, I go, I got to go buy a to-do list sheet. And this is going to last about three days. And then I'm not going to do it anymore. What do you got? You ever get, like, you ever get motivated to do a new task and then it just, it, it just doesn't stick? Twice a week. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like it's like a great idea in the beginning, but by Wednesday I'm gonna go fuck it. I'll just remember it. Yeah, exactly, man. Garage sales are predicated on that whole theory. <laughs> and then you're gonna sell. Then people sell their to-do book. I was only written in once, one day. <laughs> Did you even write your first thing? Oh, you haven't even written. I got it. it. This is this is this is the first thing got? on my to-do list today. What do we got? I had a Montreal interview. I just did that before the podcast. Then I got podcast. Then I got workout. Then I got a haircut, dentist, email Samsung. Uh, here's one. Ask about wine. Oh, uh, I want to bring wine to my mother's birthday party. I'm wondering if they allow outside wine. Uh do video for mom. Get taxes together. <laughs> Dry cleaning. I got to finish a script that my buddy sent me and pay house bills. That's my to-do list for today. Well, I could tell you right now you're already you're writing too much. I mean, to, to know you need to do all those things is one thing. To expect to get them all done today, you won't. And that'll make you upset. This is I'm Tony Robbins with an accent, bro. I'm Tony Robbins with an accent. And Wait, you're, say, you're saying there's too much on my to-do list. Too much. And it'll make you dejected because you won't finish it, and then you'll never do it again. So I suggest your to-do list is literally just tan. <laughs> no, seriously. You work out, you got the dentist, and you got the, uh, the haircut because those are things you got to do. You check on the wine, and then, you know... I think I'm going to get it all done. What's after the wine? Because you can do it up to the wine. I mean, most of it's appointments anyway. Uh, do video for mom. I got to get oh, that that's, done. See, yeah, yeah. If you get the video done, I'll be surprised. But that's that's going to be the end of the, your day. No, I got to get the taxes together because I got an appointment tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Uh, well, then you're going to go do the taxes and something else is going to have to drop off if you got an appointment tomorrow for the tax. So what does that mean, get them together? Just you know, grab the papers? Yeah, uh, you don't have I to do any to... adding. You're not doing any adding on. No, no, I just have to get the the folder together and uh, get the papers uh, in order so he could look at them. So it's not going to take him much, but it's something I'm on my to do list. All right. Well, okay. We got to shorten this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's all I got. I got to get into my to do list. I got a couple announcements here. 
Montreal Comedy. Are you going? No, no. I think I think it's the same week. I'm going on vacation with my whole family. Last week of July, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not even going to be around. Okay, I thought you were going to be there for some reason. I thought I saw you in the program. No. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, I would have told you. No, that's the the weekend of the family vacation, which I talked everyone out of the dumb portrait guy, and now we're going to just do a regular photo. My cousin's going to take it. Oh, see, that's much better. Absolutely. Much better. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we got, uh, we got the Stress Factory, Montreal Comedy Festival, and then I'm going to go on a vacation myself. But a couple dates that I just went on sale here I want to promote. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver at the Vogue Theater, September 18th. Uh, Portland Center for the Performing Arts on September 19th. And then the week after that, I'll be in a place called Bow, B-O-W, Washington, uh, September 25th and 26th at the Skagit Valley Casino Resort. Self-promotion. What do you got? Next week, after 4th of July weekend, I'll be at the Omaha Funny Bone. I'll also be at a Wednesday, July 8th. Ah, Sioux Falls Hard Rock Casino, Wednesday, July 8th. And That's now, my birthday. Nice. Oh, yours? Wednesday, July 8th, you're going to be at the Hard Rock Casino? Yeah, in Sioux Falls, Iowa. Oh, wow, I've never been there. No. And then um, the following week, I'll be at the uh, Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club in San Antonio, Texas. Nice. And check out the newsletter. Go to PeteCorielli.com and sign up for the newsletter. I mean, people, I know you. some are signing up now saying, how do I get the back issues? We're working on that to figure out how to get them because now you want on board, baby, right? We got some hot shit going on in this thing. That's it. I'm telling you. Self-promotion is fine. Just fine. So, uh, bro, I'll tell you all about it in the next cast, I guess. I want to hold those up. But I did um, one of those auditions again via Skype for a reality show. Oh, yeah. Come on. Give it to us. Uh, It's a long story. I really... Come on. Knock it out. Uh, Well, I got a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Let me get into the other thing first. I sent you that photo. I had a couple. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what is this? I had a couple of incidents. One, uh, I haven't even flown in a while, but I had a, a, a flying incident, which I want to get into with orbits. But first is that photo, okay? Now, I'm on my bicycle last week. I just sent Sebastian a photo. We'll put it on the Facebook page. It's a country boy. Early 20s, mid-20s, maybe. And... Uh, I'm going to where I work out, and I'm on my bicycle, and I stop at the gas station on my way to my gym uh, with my bicycle just to go in and get a pack of gum. I come out. I'm about to get on my bike. I look over. That guy that you see a photo of right there, he's smoking a cigarette five feet away from the gas tank, just standing there smoking a Marlboro Red. Now, in the car is his pregnant girlfriend, clearly pregnant behind the wheel. And then standing next to the car is his buddy. Uh, and this is the sign that you're redneck. They're at the gas station. They're not even filling up the car. They're filling up a couple of red gas cans. <laughs> oh, you ever yeah. see that move when you're oh, not even filling yeah. up the car? You're already suspect. Unless you're a landscaping business and they weren't, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm not saying anything because, again, this is a... This is a nip and tuck feel, folks. This is like wrestling with a bear. I have a skill here. 
and I'm not going on wood because I don't want it to come back and haunt me. But, you know, I know what I can and can't get away with. And this was a loose cannon. I mean, if you're smoking a cigarette five feet away from a gas station and your pregnant wife or girlfriend is right there, I got to watch what I say. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying anything. Then he turns and he flicks the butt kind of even closer to the tanks. And then he goes to get in the car and that just set me off. Like he didn't step on it or anything. I'm just, what a piece of... So I walk over and he's got his window down and I go and I go it's fucking nice nice and he looks at me and I go oh I go you let, let, yeah. let, let, let me just by looking at this photo of this guy and I got to give a better description here yeah the guy has jeans and a flannel on he looks like he has some facial hair like a sideburn but it's more like a chop yes and the boots he has on, I don't know how to describe this, but the only way I could describe these boots are ex-con boots. <laughs> they look uh, they look <laughs> like the type of boots that could kill What's someone. That? Like steel toe, big heel. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. not a guy that you want to be talking to like this. No, it's not, but I mean, enough is enough, you know? Sometimes they come down from the hills, and you got to deal with this. <laughs> I'm serious. We got hills all around the town. So I go, I go, uh, <clears throat> I go, nice, fucking nice. And he, and he looks at me, and like, uh, he puts the window down a little more. It was one of those, doesn't even have a goddamn automatic window, so he's doing mm. it with his hand. And he, and he gives like a nod, like like he didn't know what I was saying. And I look at him, and I go, "You fucking throw your cigarette right there, right there, five feet from the gas tank." And he looks at me, and he goes, "It's a proven fact: a cigarette can't blow up a gas tank." But he doesn't say it like that. He says it much more like a guy from the hills. Well, give me like a hillbilly version. Like, it's a proven fact: uh, a lit cigarette don't blow up a tank, or something like that. And I go, "Oh, yeah. it's a proven fact. Like you know what a fucking proven fact is." I go, meanwhile, on top of that, you got your girl, your pregnant girl sitting in the car with you. And he goes, don't say it. He goes, what should you say about my girl? Like that. He goes, what should you say about my girl? And I go, but it's okay to blow her up. It's okay to. And then I quick say, because, you know, that sounds like I'm saying about her. I go, it's okay to blow her up. All of us. It's okay to blow all of us up. <laughs> I quick edit all of us, you know. And he kind of made a motion like he was going to get out of the car. And then the other guy goes, let it go, let it go. And then I go, yeah, let it go. Or we can wait till the cop walks up here and sees the smoking cigarette still sitting in the, in the, in the, whatever, you know, on the, on the sidewalk, on the pavement. And, uh, but as I say that, bro, my heart was beating so fast because I'm, because he grabbed like the handle and I'm like, bunk it out, bunk it out. And the other guy's like, let it go. And he just finished putting the gas cans in the tank. And my only saving grace was, I think the redneck guy who was wit thought it was pretty fucking stupid what the kid did too and you know whether or not you're gonna blow up it's just stupid to do that like you people are gonna have a problem with that you may as well be throwing a brick through the window so and that's kind of how it ended i just said that and i stood by my little fuji 13 speed bicycle with my freaking shorts on and my dumb nikes as this guy is driving away looking at me through the window my, my last words were the cop thing about yeah we'll wait and then the cop can come and see the lit cigarette and then they drive off and i'm like but listen I need help, people. I can't do this all by myself. I, I think you got like a mental problem. A mental man. problem? You're smoking a cigarette in a gas station? I mean, you. I can't. But what does this do? I mean, what? This. 
by you saying this to this guy, what what are you getting out of this? First of all, it's a safety issue, okay? I don't ever want this guy to come to this gas station when I might be here again and drop a cigarette. It could hit the gas and blow up the tank. I'm sorry. I feel like it can. And I'm betting that from now on, whenever that redneck goes somewhere to get gas for his tractor, whatever else that he's uh, fucking around with back up on the hill, he'll say, you know what? I probably shouldn't smoke a butt right by the tank in case there's another crazy Italian guy who's going to yell at me. No? Yeah, this no man. This guy's not even going to be thinking about that. This guy doesn't. It's not programmed that way. Uh, well, it's a shame that his vote counts as much as mine, man. That does. I know, but you're jeopardizing your family every time you approach one of these maniacs. I think I mean, I'm this protecting guy my family. Got out. This guy got nothing to lose. He gets out with his uh, Billy Club. That he, I, I guarantee you, he's got a weapon in the car. You don't even have a car to run back to and get the hell out of there. You're on a bike, for Christ's sake. Well, you know, you, you also, you know, he's in work boots, and I was in Nike sneakers getting ready to go work out. I mean, you know, I, I have no problem running, you know? I, I don't know if I was necessarily going to stay there and fight, and maybe it wasn't a smart move, and maybe i got to learn to keep my cool, but I think I am protecting my family, man, by, by, by trying to get animals like this to use your head and not smoke a cigarette next to a gas tank. I'm protecting other families as well. Bro, I should have a cape. I really should. By the way, did you see the, the tweets on our... Uh on our episode at uh, YKWD. I saw the one that you forwarded to me. Was there a lot more? Eh, another fucking guy wrote uh, this truffle and radish episode with three situations. Why do you hate us, Bobby? Fuck off. Oh, oh why do you hate us, Bobby, to put us on? Yeah. Asshole head. It's all very odd to me. It was just really you and I talking and... Eh, just us doing our show yeah. on somebody else's platform. See, that's that's why we got the best listeners. You put us on somebody else's platform and their crowd, they don't know what the hell they're, they're listening to. I got to tell you this, Lana and I were roughhousing the other day. You ever uh, like fight your wife? Mm, like play fight for a long time. Yeah, we were play fighting on the bed and uh, she had the phone in her hand and she was like trying to take a video of me, but I slapped it out of her hand and hit her in the face with it, and her, her lips started to bleed. I got, like, this weird strength sometimes I don't know I have, even when I'm, like, roughhousing, and my poor wife's bleeding on the bed with her lip cut open. Oh, you're like a tiger that reaches a certain weight and can't have it as a house pet anymore. Lot <laughs> <laughs> uh, of bleeding out of the mouth. Cops are dragging you out of the house, and she's like, no, he was just playing. <laughs> oh, man. Where are you taking my lion? <laughs> yeah, and I felt so bad. So now she's got, like, uh, she's got one up on me now. So we went out that night, and she went and went to give me a hug, but she kind of hit me in the mouth with her hand. I go, what the fuck was that? And she goes, oh. <laughs> You're bitching about this, and she, you know, put put her lip down to show me to cut. And I go, yeah, I guess, I guess I needed that. But yeah, I gotta, I gotta relax with my roughhousing ability. Well, is the is the lip noticeable unless she shows it? 
Well, it's inside the lip, but you could tell it's a little red on the outside. But uh, because being Italian, man, like uh, you know, one time Jackie, a book fell on her eye when we lived in Manhattan, and she got a nice shiner on her eye. And as an Italian man, no matter what you say, they think we hit. Oh yeah, no, she <laughs> she's gonna go to her family's house this Friday, and they're gonna go, "What the hell's going on over there?" Uh, She'll be like, let's no, just say this. I, now I know exactly what temperature Sebastian likes a steak. <laughs> Won't make that mistake again, Mom. I suggest you don't either. <laughs> Would that be a cruel, practical joke to show up at the house and she's got a black guy? Um, and she act, or is that, is that too, is that, too uh, is that bad? I think it's funny as hell, man. I mean, you know, I mean, my, my mom's mom my grandmother didn't want her to marry my dad because they were irish because italian men are known to hit their wives and i guarantee you lana's mom knows about that reputation (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm telling you it's an old school reputation oh i wonder if that would uh if she came with a black guy and she goes well he got a little crazy sometimes this happens sometimes it doesn't <laughs> you know with the renovations around the house things have been very on edge <laughs> just, just mom, mom please don't bring it up to him mom just please don't bring it up to him <laughs> oh god no the only way you end that joke is if you do it in a way that like as Lon is saying that you pretend to walk in you look at the mother and go huh you want some too <laughs> <laughs> What about, hey man, speaking of practical jokes, did you see the one they did on Paris Hilton? I I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. You know it, it, right? They they told her the plane was crashing? Yeah. I don't know how much you read about it, but in a nutshell, what I read, she was in like Dubai, part of a game show, some show, and they asked her if she'd like to take a tour in a plane of the city. And she got in the plane, and the pilot was a stunt pilot. So he made the plane like seem to like it's going to crash, and the other people were actors, and they pretended they thought they were going to die. Um, I, I just can't even tell you how livid I would be if someone did that to me. <laughs> I mean, my first call after I got off the plane would be to my lawyer, Ray Ray. <laughs> what, would, Can we sue these people? Wouldn't you call, legally make a phone call? Like, would you sue? I don't know, man. That would scare the shit out of me, though. I didn't see the video. I got to see the video on that. But that's like you could have a heart attack. Yeah, no, you can. I mean, if I had a heart attack, I think I'd have a case. But do you have a case if they just do that and nothing happens to you? I don't know, man. I feel like that's just a bit much. Yeah, no, that's taking it a little too far. Yeah. so you don't think the black guy thing is, is too far? Though? No, that's fine, man. Nobody's dying. That's a good one. You got to go with that one. I don't think she could pull it off, though. Oh, no, Lana, she'd start giggling as soon as she's trying yeah. to say it. No, nah, yeah, she couldn't pull yeah. it off. Well, anyway. So, all right, it's been a good hang. Yeah, good hang, bro. Uh, I'm going to get my to-do list going. Yeah, you better get on that. That's right. I got to let you go. I'll let you get on that. I got to go calm down. Go calm down, you know. Go have a glass of wine. Relax. And everybody out there, have a great 4th. Yeah, have a great 4th of July. Stay safe. Uh, Thanks for listening. I I have to plug this as well. Guys, share the podcast. Do, Do me a favor. At least tell three people you know 
whether it be verbally, social media, Facebook, whatever, take our link and post it on there so we could get a little bit more uh, listenership here. Not that we that we need it, but every once in a while we got to tell you guys to kind of help us out uh, to, to spread the word of the show. Yeah, it would be nice to someday not have to say we have a cult following. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We, we Our goal, and I'm going to write this down. This is our goal. Our goal in the next four and a half years is get to get the next president on our show. The only way we can atop that, bro, is if within four and a half years from now, we got to have the Pope. Yeah, well, I think that's that's the a logical step to get the Pope on the on the show. We're gonna have to go to the Vatican and get the Pope. That's it, man. That's it. That's what we gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic hanging, brother! All right, bro. Take care. All right. Good luck with the list. Later. <laughs> Later. The show has ended. You're saying there's too much on my to-do list. Too much. And it'll make you dejected because you won't finish it, and then you'll never do it again. So I suggest your to-do list is literally just tan. (laughs) 